I'm Joy Orr. And I'm Kristen Kovach-Bentley, and we are the hosts of Retired Racehorse Radio. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, aftercare, and retraining of the retired racehorse. We'll bring you expert tips from top trainers and professional riders and share countless stories of retired racehorses excelling in their second careers that will make you laugh, melt your heart, and open your eyes to how versatile these horses are. We feature an adoptable horse each episode, so you may just find your next riding partner. Look up Retired Racehorse Radio and subscribe today. This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 445 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. And today's show is sponsored by Kentucky Performance Products. Visit them at kppusa.com. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back to Horse Tip Daily. Well, today we have the fourth in the four-part series from uh, thehorse.com with Christy West. They are doing regular segments on our Horses in the Morning show every Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. at horsesinthemorning.com live. And they did a series on laminitis, and we have the fourth in the four-part series. If you haven't heard the others, go back to the last three days at our website and take a listen to those. And then today, you're going to hear the fourth in that series. We thought it was important to bring it to you simply because it's that time of year when horses eat too much and we have to worry about laminitis and it was a very interesting segment on the different aspects of laminitis and grass and and everything that goes along with it and this one is taken off of episode number 129 of horses in the morning and we're going to be back with uh, christy west and her guests and jamie and i from horses in the morning from the segment on laminitis shortly right after we talk about other things involving your horse's health, and that's Kentucky Performance Products. Not every horse needs a supplement, and selecting the right supplement for your horse can be a science. Kentucky Performance Products simplifies your search for the right supplement, and they provide products that are scientifically developed to address the specific problems facing modern horses. Their website and customer service people can give you detailed information on each supplement, helping you find the right solution to your horse's problem. You can trust Kentucky Performance Products supplements to provide the ingredients you need in effective amounts so your horse gets the most out of each scoopful. Kentucky Performance Products, helping you keep your horses healthy, sound, and competitive. Visit them at kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com. Health report. We've done uh, three so far. As uh, Christy touted, it is now uh, April is the official Laminitis Awareness Month. So happy Laminitis Awareness Month, everybody. Um, (laughs) But we've got big Christy from thehorse.com. And with her today, I'll let her introduce him because I I just know his name is Steve O'Grady. So we'll say good morning to both of them. How's it going? Good morning. Great. Glad to uh, be on again, as usual. And uh, my guest today is Dr. Steve O'Grady of Northern Virginia Equine. He's uh, he's got he focuses almost exclusively on equine podiatry, and he actually works a little bit with Jay Merriam on some of his uh, 
some of his outreach trips, his equitarian trips that we mentioned a few weeks ago. But uh, his, his focus being almost entirely on the foot and um, as well on laminitis is the reason that he's here today. And I actually want to ask you a question, Jamie, because when Jennifer called me, um, she mentioned, and I apologize, I missed the early part of the show because I was actually working over a video on breakaway cross-country jumps that will come up in the next couple of days to t- coincide with Rolex. But she mentioned that she had a guest on earlier talking about a laminitic episode. And I was wondering if you could just give me the 10-second the recap of that. Oh, yeah. Poor Mig. Richard the Mig Migliori. He is a jockey, a former jockey, and now works for HRTV. And he was saying that his daughter uh, has an older Welsh pony, and she apparently, uh, the pony had a little bit of a bout of, with laminitis, and so they've had to scratch her from the horse show. And, and as Gunn was saying, it seems like that time of year with spring grass coming in, no matter where you live, he's up in New York. Um, is it, you know, that time of year, and he talked about doing several different things and trying to get the horse sound, obviously not sound enough to show, but just comfortable. Um, so, yeah, definitely it seems like it's that time of year. April is a good time to, to, to do this segment, I think. Well, absolutely, and I think this this segment is probably one of the ones that everybody's been waiting for, the segment on treatment. So, Steve, thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Um, Thanks for having me. (laughs) So talk talk to us a little bit about about maybe cases like this pony when he's first recognized. What's what's the first thing you think about when you come to emergency treatment or maybe even (laughs) prevention of emergencies? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um uh, if we just uh if we just put everything in focus here, uh the structure in the foot that we're talking about is the lamina or the lamellae, that structure that that suspends the bone within the hoof capsule and is basically the suspension of the horse which is very susceptible to disease. Some of the realizing some of the syndromes or uh um incidents that can lead to laminitis is real important. Number one, horses still get into grain. Number two, with overweight horses or horses that tend to be on the overweight side, the new grass uh, in the spring is certainly um, uh, a problem. Uh, Having shoes put on your horse and the farrier trims the foot a little too short can lead into foot bruising and on to laminitis. Uh, diarrheas, pneumonias, high temperature, uh, transport for long distances, all these have the, uh, different medications. All these have the ability to bring on laminitis. And I think, Jamie, as we were discussing several weeks ago, it's it's a whole lot easier to, to not break those model horses' legs than it is to fix them, and maybe the same thing with the laminitic foot. So if you recognize oh, yeah. is is at risk, you know, that's... That's the time to to start acting if you find him with his head in the grain bin and things like that. So in those cases, Dr. O'Grady, what do you recommend to your clients? Well, in in those cases, especially with grain overload, uh, some of the metabolic things is, number one, get your veterinarian involved. Number two, uh, that with the thought process that these can lead to laminitis, there are some a lot of things you can do. No, number one, take the cause away. Number two, uh it's been shown scientifically that putting the feet in ice boots very, very uh, important. Number two, uh, the use of acepromazine before the horse develops signs. That's a tranquilizer everybody uses. has a really a good effect on changing the blood flow to the foot. Um, 
sometimes. Really? Um, Hold on. Ace, people are giving ACE to horses for laminitis. I didn't know that. But ACE is a drug that can be used, you know, in the muscle or in the vein for our listeners. And also, it cannot be given to stallions. Do not give a stallion ACE promazine. Am I correct there? Yes, you are correct, because there has been many incidences that it will cause a, a paraplasmosis. Uh, in other words, the, the penis can can come out and not be able to be retracted back in. You're exactly right. So it's not worth taking the chance. So is it, would you recommend, obviously, I uh, what I want to get uh, is a picture of, we've called the vet, our horse is having a laminitic flare-up, and we've called the vet, and while we're waiting on the vet, say they can't come for several hours, you're saying put the feet in ice, that actually works, and then to also um, maybe give some azopromazine in the muscle, in the vein, does it matter? No, I think you're. I think you're misreading me. Uh, what what I was what I was saying was that if you have an incident that has the potential to lead to laminitis, some of these things are uh, are beneficial. In other words, to prevent laminitis. And okay. in the co- context of acute laminitis, when the horse is painful, then we sometimes use a different approach. Okay, gotcha. So to okay. prevent it. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Um, that, that, that what we were talking about was prevention. Once we have the disease, then we sort of take a little different route. And what okay. is that route? Okay. Okay. Uh, once we have, in other words, if your horse becomes painful, uh, he has an increased digital pulse, you can put your hand down and his feet are warm. He'll, they often have a stance where they are, will put their feet a little bit out in front of them, uh, reluctant to move, uh, painful in the turns, always indications that laminitis could be a problem here. Again, really good, uh, a really good time to get your, get your uh, veterinarian involved. Number two, in the acute case, it's been shown scientifically again that laminitis is an inflammatory process within the lamina, along with an ischemic, in other words, a loss of blood supply. Therefore, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, bute, banamine, ketophen, um, uh, some of the other drugs are indicated. Secondly, for the pain response, because these horses are going to be painful. Uh, number two, uh, we look at methods of how can we support that structure that is damaged or it hurts. And in this respect, we look at a couple different things. Uh, and let me back up a little bit. When we have a horse with inflamed lamina, or if you have a foot, all feet have various forces on it. So the foot dealing, or treating the foot in the acute stage is based on trying to change some of the forces, the weight of the horse, the way the horse breaks over, and the pull of the deep flexor tendon that, that exerts a continuous effect on the lamina. Is, are you with me so far? Yes. Okay. There, in in laminitis, your veterinarian, your farrier, a lot of times will have favored techniques or methods that they use. 
Uh, we try and look at the individual horse, the type of foot he has, the conformation, and then put a treatment that is suitable for that individual horse and what the owner can can handle. Mm-hmm. We will often very easily put the horse in some sand. And what the sand does, it allows him to, to dig his toes in the ground and it forms a nice cushion underneath the the horse's foot. In other words, to give you some counter pressure on the bottom. Um, I would advise you, if you're going to do this, you use beach sand instead of the construction sand. Okay? Uh, another Why is that? Thing, pardon me? Why, why beach sand instead of construction sand? Okay, think think about it hourglass. In other words, that you're timing your uh, boiling water on the stove, and that has a very thin sand in it. So it's very flexible. It forms a very nice mold, very easy to keep clean, uh, very easy mm-hmm. for the horse to move in. Construction sand is a brownish, heavier sand, sometimes wet, doesn't have the same properties of the beach sand, and therefore you have some advantages in the softer, uh, more um, um, textured sand. Gotcha. Yeah, it'll compact a little bit more. Beach sand, you can keep walking on it, and you're always going to sink in it a little bit. That that that's right. And when the horse uh, puts his toe in it, it just goes without hesitation. It just sinks in it very nice. So you're exactly right. Um, another very popular method is to is to 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 go to the lumber yard and get some blocks of the two to three inch um, insulation board. They 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 term it styrofoam. Cut out a block, the shape of the horse's foot, and tape those on with with duct tape. It will compress and again form some very nice uh, uh, support or ground surface underneath that that laminated foot. Uh, another method we use quite often recently, and I don't do as many acute cases as I do uh, chronic cases, is we use uh, what we call wooden shoes. And with the horse painful, the horse can be just placed on these wooden blocks. We put a little, we put screws around the outside of the horse's foot, and then we tape it on with cast tape. In other words, there's nothing that goes through the bottom of the horse's foot. Um, one of the advantages of the wooden shoe is that it is beveled on all sides, so it concentrates the weight right underneath the bone and takes some of the force off the lamina. But it's never a good idea to nail it on yourself, especially if you're a horse husband. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 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 it's a good question. If your horse is painful and you have an, uh, an acute laminitic bout, his feet are painful. They're, they're, you have lamellae or lamina that are inflamed. They are compromised. Uh, the last thing you want to do is add more trauma to that foot by nailing something on or doing anything. That's well, let me tell you, he, it wouldn't have to be laminitic for me to cause more trauma to the foot. So either way is uh, bad news. Okay, good, 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 good point. Good point. Jen, just keep him away. Jen, just keep him away from Beaker at all times. That probably the best thing. Keep him away from your horse. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. uh, Pick it. I think Glenn and nails and screws and drills and horses just should not go together. 
Ooh, good point. <laughs> good point. <laughs> okay, stay away from power back. tools, Glenn. <laughs> uh, some people say I, some people think I should stay away from power tools total. So at all times, doesn't I, even matter if horses are involved. Yeah, Jennifer agrees with that. <laughs> well, Steve, let me back up to something you mentioned earlier about uh, butte and non-steroidals for uh, for a laminated core. I think those, those absolutely play a role, but when should those be used? And I guess what I'm what I'm saying is, do you, you a lot of a lot of vets don't advocate you know, the owner using those before the vet arrives because they want to see how sore the horse really is, right? Uh, that's a, that's a very good point, uh, Christy, uh, but. Uh, if you have a horse with acute laminitis, you obviously would have been, been in touch with your veterinarian, and that's something you can very, very much uh, ask them. And uh, that if you use a low dose, you know, say two grams or something like that, on his advice, uh, I think the earlier you can start, sometimes the uh, uh, the more beneficial it'll be. Okay. Uh, it, you could say, well, you know, you have a headache all day. Well, I'm going to wait till till four o'clock to see whether my headache goes or whatever, rather than taking a couple, you know, ibuprofen, you know, when when your headache first starts. Of course, and I think just the key point here is, is on the advice of your veterinarian. So your veterinarian already knows that your horse is sore. You may have already explained how sore he is, and it's not a matter of okay, well, I'll just give him butte and not call the vet and see if he gets better. Yeah, I want to make one point there, and uh, with horse owners, butazole and uh, phenylbutazone or banamine, flunixin, these things, they're they're in the eyes of of horse owners. They are um, they are analgesics, or they take away pain. Agreed, one hundred percent. But in order to take away pain, you have to decrease inflammation. Therefore, in a laminitic course, you have increased inflammation. So, you know, the earlier you can get at that inflammation, uh, you know, the the more beneficial it's going to be. Does it make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we talked a little bit about treatment strategies, but um, I think one thing that's important for people to understand is that these, these treatment strategies are going to work differently on different horses because they are so different. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, that's you're 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 exactly right. And I want to make, let me make one point. Christy and I talked about this uh, previously. Is that I try and base my practice. Uh, uh, well, I think a lot of veterinarians uh, are more and more uh, moving toward what we call evidence-based medicine. And with laminitis, it's hard to recreate laminitis. Therefore, it's hard to do research on it, in other words, on treatments or have horses in the same plane. Um, There has been no effective studies that H-promazine is beneficial after the horse shows clinical signs or has acute laminitis. Uh, There's no clinical evidence as to using DMSO, although I use DMSO for the first three days myself. Having said that, uh, it has to be taken into consideration what is causing the laminitis. Obviously, if you have a horse that is sick, that has diarrhea, has just had surgery, has pneumonia, uh, you have to, before you use some of these drugs, you have to decide whether they will fit into that particular Syndrome. In other words, if you give H-promazine to a horse that is not hydrated, uh, you're going to cause more problems. So I think you have to evaluate, in other words, what's causing it, 
the physical examination of the animal and also sometimes a confirmation of his foot. Because obviously if he has a little flat-footed, thin-soled foot, you may not want to put a lot of pressure underneath it. So I think it has to be really an individualistic thing for the horse, thinking through what is best for the horse, best for the owner to be able to handle when the veterinarian leaves as well. Very good. And another point that we that you and I discussed is that uh, your ability to treat these horses is is inversely proportional to the amount of damage they already have. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's a uh, that's an excellent point. That's the way I, I uh, you've seen it. I, I start off all my lectures when when you see a horse with acute laminitis, it means that in the developmental stage, from the time the horse had the insult, in other words. Over, grain overload or grass or pneumonia, whatever, up until the time that you see the horse painful, that's what we call the developmental or prodromal stage. That's when you treat the horse for prevention. But during that phase, it is when the damage to the lamina is taking place. Now fast forward to the point where you have a horse with acute laminitis. He's very painful. Now, when the veterinarian is presented with this horse, vet farrier owner, they you don't know the extent of that damage that has been done. Uh, and you really can't ever put a prognosis on, on a laminated horse, in other words, how he's going to do, because that leads us up to our ability, vet farrier owner, ability to treat that horse is going to be inversely proportional to the amount of damage. If you take a horse that what we call sink, they just, all the lamina all the way around the foot is destroyed and the bone just sinks down, these horses are extremely hard to treat if you can treat them. So our ability to treat horses with laminitis, improve them, make them sound, go back to work, whatever, is going to depend, be dependent on how much damage we have to the lamina. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, in the early stages, you've got, you've got, less, more da- well, you've got less damage, you've got more as the horse progresses. So I think another key point here is, just, is catch them early. Man, you, even, you, you think that your horse has laminitis, call your vet. Get, get that treatment started because it's a whole lot easier to fix that earlier than if you wait you know, a few months down the road. You've got, you've got a displaced coffin bone. You've got a lot of changes within the foot. You, your, your chances of getting a sound horse just keep going down as the case progresses, and especially if he's not getting the right treatment. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Absolutely. So I just think that's that's one of the biggest things. I mean, I think we've we've all we've all spent time around the barns where you know somebody thinks, oh, maybe he's he's a little bit laminitic, and you know, we'll just you know we'll give him a little beaut or we'll kind of watch him for a little bit and see how he does. And you know, from all the conferences that I've that I've, that I've attended, all the people like Dr. O'Grady who've spoken on the topic, you know, waiting and see is one of the worst things you can do. Which, that's that's the message. Which that I, I, I I totally agree with you, Christy. You can you can be more right. So uh, definitely prevention first, and then quick treatment is going to be the second thing. Um, we totally appreciate. I've I've really learned so much this month about laminitis. So we really do appreciate uh, both you guys, Christy. You've done a fantastic job this month in bringing us all the information and some great guests like Dr. O'Grady. Um, Dr. O'Grady, go ahead and give out your website so people can go find. 
out more, obviously you can also go to thehorse.com forward slash laminitis. Yeah. Uh, we we started a website uh, um, years ago as a informational site. In other words, where somebody can go and get credible information on the uh, on my website. Uh, my website not only contains my publications, but also um, other uh, clinicians who have published papers in different uh, peer-reviewed um, journals. Therefore, everything on the site has been reviewed by uh, a group of people, just like you would in medicine or dentistry uh, or so on. The, the, the site is www.equipodiatry, E-Q-U-I-P-O-D-I-A-T-R-Y, dot com and uh you know it's 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 there for the taking it's it's an informative website it's not a form of advertisement and that concludes the series on laminitis that the horse.com did and of course if you want to learn more from the horse go to horse.com slash laminitis they have a whole bunch of other articles up there as well we appreciate you uh you being involved in this segment uh and that's it for laminitis on to something different tomorrow so we're looking forward to having you back and don't forget you can listen to horses in the morning every morning 8 to 10 30 a.m eastern time jamie and jennifer and i there every morning live so we look forward to having you there and you can also listen to the recorded shows at horses as well well everybody have a safe day have a safe ride today and wear your helmets we'll be back tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip until then Stay safe. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.